Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning and welcome to the Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I am your faithful host, Brendan McClenahan, Pastor of Discipleship at Victory Point. So thanks for pressing play today. And uh, this week is Easter. Um, It's the week, well, it's the Holy Week, and it's week right before Easter. So um, this week we're going to be traveling through the Gospel of John on our way to the cross and through the cross to the resurrection. And um, I am thrilled to be having special guest, Matt Yant, Pastor Matt Yant, joining us. Matt, do you want to say anything? Yes. Hello, Brendan. Uh, <laughs> I'm very humbled to be on such a renowned podcast, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, you listen to the podcast like pretty faithfully. You, you're always telling me like little comments about what you're thinking and your reflections. Yeah, I, I love this resource. It has been such a blessing to me. Um, I try to listen to it every morning as I drive to the building, Although that is not the case right now, as we are in a three-week stay-at-home executive order from our governor. Um, So I just listen to it in the morning. I get up and I get a cup of coffee and I read the scriptures for the day. And then I listen to the podcast. And so this morning I was listening to you and Carissa from a few weeks ago. And uh, it really ministered to me. And uh, so I love this podcast. Is it weird that you're going to wake up on the 6th and your voice is going to come into your own ears? So yes. do, you, do you have anything you want to say to yourself on the 6th? Uh, I just want to remind you that you're so good looking. And, um, <laughs> and like, who knows what it's going to be like a couple of weeks from I know, now. We're everything will have such changed. An, such an uncertain time, you know, like who knows what it'll be like two weeks from now. But uh, we, just, we just move through each day and uh, our hope is in the Lord. And uh, this podcast helps remind me of that. Yeah. So for everyone who's listening, uh, Matt and I are on a Zoom call right now. Um, Matt is in his basement. I'm in my separate basement and we're recording this over Zoom. And uh, I want to invite you into this conversation. So um, even though Matt and I are both pastors of Victory Point, we are first and foremost disciples of Jesus, uh, children of God, and we come to the scriptures like you do. Uh, we don't know everything. Uh, we're curious. We, we don't have all the answers, but we love God's word. And so that's what kind of leads us forward. So mm-hmm. we're going to be looking at... John 12, 1 through 11 today. Um, Matt, do you want to read that out for us? Yeah, I would love to. So John 12, beginning in verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, in parentheses, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. 
when the great crowd of the Jews learned that he was there, they came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death as well, <laughs> since it was on account of him that many of the Jews were deserting and were believing in Jesus. So Brendan, as you hear this story, uh, I'm curious if you'd be willing to share, like what, what grabs your attention? What pops out to you? Okay, for, first of all, I think it's hilarious that the chief priests are planning to put Lazarus to death. <laughs> Just, yes. I mean, he's a person Jesus raised back from, from death. So like, what do you think that's going to do? Jesus is going to just raise him back from the dead. So I think that's funny. Yeah. Lazarus probably has no fear. in the. Yeah. In the, he's like, I don't, I don't care. Been there, done that. Been there. Done. <laughs> that's funny to think about. Yeah. Been there, done that. Um, but honestly, what's grabbing me was um, the part where Judas says, why wasn't the money given to the poor? And it says, he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and he kept the common purse and used uh, to steal what was put into it. So um, I think the reason why that's grabbing my attention, um, and by the way, this is the first podcast we're recording within our coronavirus shutdown reality. So I'm thinking about what's going on with quarantining and, um, and we are doing a lot right now to protect the vulnerable and elderly, and we should. Mm-hmm. And that's our job as Christians is to look out for the vulnerable. Um, and yet at the same time, I feel like um, the poor and vulnerable can kind of get tokenized, mm-hmm. meaning we, like Judas, we can use them as ex- an excuse to make decisions um, without actually getting their input or actually seeing their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking I've got to look out for my elderly neighbors and I should be looking out for my elderly neighbors. That's something I need to do. So the other day, uh, I, I kind of, I saw them over the fence. So I went over to talk to them and said, Hey, how are you guys doing? And they're like, we're doing wonderful. <laughs> We've got everything we need. Our freezer is full. It's really t- good time to connect. You know, um, our church is online. So we've been able to connect to people. Um, this is, this is going, I mean, we don't know what to expect and this is all different, but we're doing fine. How are you guys? Can we help you with anything? Can we give you something? Um, if you guys ever need anything, come over to our house. We've got plenty of food, um, whatever you need. Here I was tokenizing them, you know, thinking that I needed to give them a handout or to help them, which is something that I need to be ready to do as follower of Jesus. But then I was surprised to realize that they didn't fit inside the box that I originally had for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Conversely, Rachel called an older neighbor of ours, like uh, somebody we used to live next to and just asked how she was doing and she was not doing so well. Um, and she did need help. So, um, so anyway, I, I'm thinking of Judas, the way that he kind of uses the poor to um, object to something he's disgusted by, which is the worship of a woman that seems undignified. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, how unfair that is to the poor people and how um, how disingenuous it is to use the poor in order to hide his own um, motivations, hide his own heart. So I know that's, that's something that popped up for me in this passage. Anything that, that's grabbing you in this passage? Yeah. I mean, I appreciate what you just shared. Uh, I, I think um, what that says to me is our focus should be on people, not categories of people. Yeah. And, that's always the proper response is just to think of people. 
Um, I was thinking that like when this whole coronavirus thing came down and it put into categories who are the most vulnerable, I found myself being a little sensitive, you know, to, to those demographics of them feeling maybe self-conscious that the whole world is trying to evolve around them in this moment. And that's not the case. I mean, this is for the greater good of all, you know, not just categories of people. Like I, I think of, you know, Tom Bergma, who, who gave a message a few weeks ago about like, he's so ready for heaven. There's no fear, you know, yeah. like, um, you know, he, it's not something, you know, we need to take lightly, but it's also something like um, we don't need to, uh, you know, like you said, like, you know, reduce to just a category. I mean, mm-hmm. we're just, we're thinking about people. Um, yeah. And also just, uh, I, I found that, you know, as I was listening to the as I was listening to myself read the passage, um, like noticing that Judas is, uh, he's quick to judge, you know, other people's responses to Jesus. And I'm always cautious of that in my own life. Um, when I find myself judging how other people are responding or not responding to Jesus, I find that's usually an indicator of something in my own life that I'm not willing to deal with. And so I just, I'll, I'll worry about how other people are doing versus myself. And, um, I don't know what that means, but, uh, you know, I wonder, like, what if Judas was more concerned about his own response to Jesus mm-hmm. than worrying about, you know, Mary's. But, yeah, I think the other kairos for me is obvious. Um, the magnitude of uh, her worship. Mm. You know, um, I know another text, I think it says that the the perfume was worth a a year's worth of wages, perhaps. Mm. And, and just to, I was found, I find myself contemplating that. Like, if all of us were to go to like our last year's tax return and find that line on our tax return that shows like our annual income for the year, whatever that amount is big or small. I mean, it's different for everybody, but would, would I be willing to give that up, you know, mm-hmm. in worship of Jesus and um, how, how she was willing to, to give up so much. I mean, Jesus was that much. She, he was so worth it to her that there was, you couldn't put an amount on it, you know, like, I'm going all out and all in, in my worship of Jesus. And that both inspired me and challenged me. Like, am I willing to give everything a Mm. year's worth of wages and more? Uh, Am I willing to give everything to the one who's worth everything? You know, that Mm. that just really inspired and challenged me in that story. Yeah. Um, What you, I've never seen this before, but what you just said triggers something in my brain. Um, her worship is not just costly, but it seems um, extravagant and unnecessary. Mm. To, like, and that's kind of what Judas is pointing out. Like, you don't need to be wasting this perfume. Another word for waste is prodigal. Mm. And I thought of how this is a direct reversal of the prodigal son who leaves and spends his money on everything else leaves the house, spends his money on everything else, comes crawling back and doesn't think he's worthy to be welcomed back into the father's household versus Mary who comes into the house mm-hmm. um, and other, other uh, records of this story, you know, talks about how it's, she's not welcome into the house, but she comes into this house and she, uh, she does feel worthy to worship Jesus, meaning she's not ashamed to worship Jesus and she's prodigal on Jesus' behalf. Um, mm-hmm. She's within the household of her, you know, God's household, and she's worshiping with all she has. Um, so it's a 
I don't know. I, I've never seen that um, comparison before, but it seems like it's a, a direct reversal of the prodigal son um, and just a picture of somebody who's willing to, to dwell in God's house, to be wasteful in their worship and, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, f- and be comfortable being in Jesus' presence, even when people are mocking her for it. And in this sense, Judas would be kind of like the older brother who, who kind of mocks, yeah. the younger brother for it. So, yeah, I don't know. I thought about that too. Yeah. And, you know, I just had this thought, even as you were like uh, speaking, like, I wonder um, if you, you flip a few pages ahead in John 13 and we had the story of Jesus washing his disciples feet. I'm wondering if he's picturing this moment in, in his mind, you know, of, of Mary hmm. anointing his feet yeah. just as a picture, you know, uh, um, as a picture to him of, of what it looks like, you know, to express uh, extravagant love, you know, in, in serving people. Yeah. I wonder if you got that idea from Mary. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks, yeah. Matt. Um, every, I'm looking forward to jumping into the rest of these passages this week. Um, so pull up the podcast tomorrow morning, make sure you're subscribed and pull up the podcast tomorrow morning. And we're going to be reading um, from another part of John 12. We're going to be reading John 12, 20 through 36. So we will see you then. Thanks. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Thank you.